Welcome to RLA's Message of the Week. This is week one, coming to terms with your past in our new series, The Keys to Encouragement. We hope you enjoy. If you have a Bible, can you go to Joshua chapter Juan, please? Joshua chapter Juan. Does anyone have a family member named Juan? Yeah? We got a few? Okay, cool. Wow. I thought we were going to make it without anyone. I'm like, no way. Um, Joshua chapter 1. Uh, this is really, really key part in the keys to encouragement. And today, the first key to encouragement is coming to terms with your past. Can we put that on the screen? Is coming to terms with your past. You will not be able to have a, a, a constant source of encouragement if you have not come to terms with the past you. Okay? Are we, are we cool with that? So Joshua chapter 1, uh, verse 1 says, After the death of Moses. Say with me, the death of Moses. Yes, exactly. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses is dead. Say with me, Moses is dead. There we go. Now then, you and all these people, Joshua, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give you, give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates and the Hittite, all the Hittite country, uh, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, Grandpa Mo, as I was with Grandpa Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor I will ever forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I promised to their ancestors to give them. Man. Today, we are going to focus on the first words God told Joshua. Moses is dead. I want to tell you today the first key on being able to constantly have a well of encouragement in your life is coming to terms with your past. Your relationship with the past you must be resolved. If you're at enemies with your past, if you hate the past you, if you can't stand the past you, then you will not be able to live a life of encouragement. You must come to terms. You must accept her or accept him. You must accept who you were in your past. If you do not, you will not be able to live a life of encouragement. Let me give you some context on Joshua. Joshua, he was, uh, uh, Joshua, Moses was his biggest guide and his biggest mentor. If we would uh, put it into modern times, it would be the person he would talk to. He would text all the time. Whenever he had a problem, he would go to Moses. Moses, I need your help. Moses, help me out. Oh, my gosh, Moses. Moses was like Joshua's key mentor. It was his biggest guide and mentor. Joshua depended on Moses so much. Joshua loved Moses. He loved him. Now Joshua was to lead these new people 
to the promised land. But the thing was that his biggest mentor was gone. He was dead. And so the key thing that you must understand in when you come to terms with your past, with the past you, is you have to embrace the loss. You must embrace what you lost, the mistakes you made. If we could uh, put it on the screen, embrace the pain of loss. What happened before, the mistakes you made, the relationships you had in the past. And in Joshua, in a time of transition, Joshua had to come to terms that he lost somebody that was so good to him. He lost somebody that he needed all the time, but he was no longer there. And Joshua, before he came to terms with it, he had to embrace that he lost somebody. He had to embrace the pain. Somebody once said, if we could put the phrase on the screen, somebody once said, we don't fear change. We fear loss. In other words, we don't mind transitions. We don't mind change in our life. We love it, right? People are nowadays, they want to change their devices all the time. We don't mind it, you know. What people hate is loss, is losing somebody, is losing a past life, is losing a past relationship, is losing a past thing that was so, that you cherish so much. That's what we fear the most, loss. And we live in a broken world where we, are, where we lose people we love. We lose relationships that we're so invested in. It's part of our broken life that we have to experience that, that ripping apart. And Joshua had to rip apart from his past. He had to rip apart from that person, Moses. Are you following with me? You have to embrace it. You can't be a robot and be like, well, you know what? Okay, yeah, I come to terms with my past. I'm moving on. No, <laughs> you're not a robot. You have feelings. You have to go through the motions when you lose something or somebody. If I could be real with you, that was my biggest mistake. I was a robot, huh, babe? I would neglect my emotions. And I would be, my motto growing up was move forward all the time. You got to move forward. Imagine that. Move on. It's time to move on. That's life. Move on. How many grow, grew up in the family like that? I know I'm not the only one. You got to move on. So what? You lost somebody you love, but hey, uh, praise Jesus. You got to move forward. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank God in every season, you know, and it's like, you, we, it's like, but wait a minute. Like, we're human too. We have, God gave us uh, uh, negative emotions that are essential for us so that we can navigate through this broken world. You're not a robot. Tell the person next to you, you're not a robot. Exactly. There are seasons where you're going to have, there are seasons where it's not time to laugh. Stop laughing, imagine. <laughs> There's going to be seasons where it's not time to laugh, it's time to cry. If you are happy in the midst of pain, there's something wrong with you. Let's not go too far right now. One of the most famous characters that is laughing in the midst of pain is Joker. exactly Joker. 
Why do people see them as crazy? Because something terrible just happened and he's laughing about it. There's a lot of jokers nowadays that people, it's like, why are you smiling? You, you just experienced major loss. You have to embrace the pain. I'm sure the scripture doesn't record it, but I'm sure that when Joshua lost Moses, I'm sure there was pain. I'm sure Joshua was probably in the cave in the Middle East somewhere crying his eyes out that his biggest father figure passed away. Before you come to terms with your past, you have to embrace your loss. Can I tell you something? I need everybody to listen. Like Joshua, some people in your life are just for a season in your journey. Some people are meant to just be for part of the journey. The problem is that we try to keep people for a lifetime when there's just for seasons. Some of us are like, no, but I must keep them. And God's like, are you sure? Because it's, you're, that relationship has been expired. Have you ever smelled something that's expired? Broccoli that's expired? Like milk that is expired. That's how some of our relationships are. And we're like, no, I'm good. I, I can still handle this. And it's like, no, that relationship is expired. They were just to be there for a season. But no, no, but no, it's just a season. Yeah, it's still good. We could just take some of the mold off, you know. We could just take this off a little bit, you know. And it's like God's like, no. There are people that are, you're supposed to lose on the way. Can I say that again? <laughs> there are some people in your life that you're supposed to lose. What happens to the spaceship when it takes off in Houston? It starts big and massive, right? And then on its way up, little stuff starts falling away and falling away until only the essential remains. You following me? The same thing happens in our life. We have to experience the loss and embrace it and be like, wow, this is horrible. This is terrible. I feel horrible. It's funny because when I started embracing my emotions, I don't know if it's a guy thing usually, but like I, I, I started saying like, I am frustrated, you know, <laughs> and I sounded like a robot saying it, but then because Kaylee became like my emotional tutor and, um, and she's like, babe, what you feel, that's called sadness. And I'm like, no way. And then sometimes she'll be like, babe, what you feel now, that's called anger oh my gosh, what is this power that I'm feeling, you know? Because we have to be human. Jesus experienced anger too. He experienced sadness too. The greatest human being to ever walk the planet, he experienced those kinds of emotions, loss. And so in case you don't know, I want to give you stages of loss and grief. When you go through, state, when you go through a loss, when you lose somebody you love, when you lose a relationship you love, when you lose a season that you loved so much, and God's like, all right, time for a new chapter. No, God, no, no. God's like, yes, 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 you know. The five phases of, 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 of loss, and let me tell you something. If you, and not, I'm sorry for the people that are going to listen to the podcast, you're not going to be able to see this. Um, but the five phases of loss, and those of you that are just experienced it, 
I hope you can use this as a map on where you're at. The first stage of, 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 of loss, number one, is denial. No. No, it can't be. No, I, I didn't lose Moses. No, Moses, Moses is still there. I, I know if I call him, everything's going to be okay. I know everything's going to be fine. When you experience loss, you first deny it. No, I, I can't lose that relationship. No, no way. No, it has to work. No, no, it's going to work. Of course, it's, it's going to work. It's, it's not rotten broccoli. It's, it's good broccoli, you know. It's not rotten milk. It's, it's, it's still good, you know. You can just take it off, right? That when God takes something away from us that we love so much, we first get into major denial. The second phase that we get into, and this is according to studies, by the way, we get angry. And we start blaming Oh, man. God, it was your fault. Why did you? Oh, God, you know. We start entering this, this emotion of anger and, and uh, just we get fierce and furious. Someone's fault. It was my fault. I'm the worst person ever. It was me. You know, we find somebody to blame when we lose somebody. It was them. It was me. Or it was God. I don't know, but it was somebody's fault, right? When we experience loss, we, we also go through a third phase which is bargaining. Can I tell you something? I've seen, I'm seeing so much bargaining in our culture nowadays. Well, if I only do this, then this will work out. Well, well, maybe if we, God, if you just give me just one more, just two more, three more chances, I, I promise it's going to work out. When we lose something that we love, we start bargaining and we start trying to make a deal with whoever we're trying to make a deal. The next phase is depression. You feel so sad there's no drive in life anymore. There's no purpose in life. When you lose something you love or a season you loved or a relationship you loved, you get into this deep sadness where you don't know, you know, you forgot your purpose. You knew five minutes ago, but something all of a sudden hits you and you feel like you can't get, can't get out of it. I recently was talking with somebody that was going through this stage. And I remember they were so like super stoked and super excited, but they went through this loss and, and they, they came to this point where it was like, it's like someone turned off all the lights. And they didn't know where anything was anymore. And the last stage, this is when you kind of made it kind of over the hump. You know, you're like, you, you, you made it to, to, to the, out of this, this dark time. It's when you start accepting you lost that person. You lost that season. And you know what? I'm okay with it. And so I don't know what some of you have lost. Renee, how do I know where I'm at? It's where you're in, where the most pain is. Where you could find your pain is where you could find where you're at on this map. And it's not linear one through five, you know. No, sometimes you bounce around. You sometimes start maybe in denial, but then you go into depression, and then you get into bargaining, and then you start bouncing around, and, and then finally you make it to accepting it. But when you experience losing something or somebody in your past, a season in your past, you're going to go through this. 
you're going to go through this season of loss. But in the midst of it, don't give up. Don't give up. Are you following me? And I know some of you have lost something or somebody, a season, a relationship, a group of people. You have to go through this. If not, we put it under the rug and then it starts showing up in nasty ways in the future. A lot of the times why we have horrible futures is because we don't know how to come to terms with our past. And we put everything under the rug. Some of us are experts at putting everything in the rug because that's what mom and dad used to do. And that's what they used to do, so that's what I know how to do. I put everything under the rug. But the problem is your rug isn't infinite. Have you seen, have you, have you seen things like, like kind of like putting un, uh, something under a rug and it's still under the rug and, and then all of a sudden like it starts coming out and it's like, okay, I can't cover it anymore. Like it's starting to show up. That's how life is. It starts showing up after your rug can't contain anymore. And you have to go through this loss. Some have experienced so much loss that we're numb to it. But beware, the problem is staying here. This is what you have to go through, but you cannot stay here. You have to get to the point where it's, okay, I accept the loss. I accept the pain. I accept the people that I lost, but I need to move on. And I want, I'm here to tell you, if you take me as a messenger, I'm here to tell you, God says there comes a moment where you must move on. And how do people say, I'm in my feelings now? And that's fine for a season, but you can't live in your feelings. There has to be a moment where, where, where the other half that I, where I grew up in, it's time to move on. I get it. There's an extreme sometimes of moving on always. Like sometimes you have to be present in the pain and you got to sit in that. But then the other balance is, but you got to move on. There's a time where God's like, hey, it's time to move forward now. You've cried enough. You've complained enough. Now it's time to move forward. And that's where I want to show you. If, if you have a Bible, I want to show you an example of just what I, of what I just said. It's when your past goes from being a temptation to becoming a lesson. And um, I want to give you this tool that's really, really important. If you're in constant communication with God, he's going to give you the green light to be like, baby, it's time to move forward. He'll tell you, hey, it's it's time to stop crying. It's time to stop mourning. And it's time to move on. If you're in communication with him, he'll let you know. He'll be like, no, no, no. I want you to stay in that room of sadness. And I want you to keep crying. And I want, you to, I want you to keep it going like that. I gave you those emotions. Stay there. But then sometimes God's going to be like, hey, I'm knocking on the door. It's time. It's time to say goodbye. And let me show you this example. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1. Samuel is, was experiencing something like this. Samuel was a great leader, a great man of God. The Lord said to Samuel, and this is what God asked us today. How long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king already over Israel? 
Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be the king. God is so insensitive. No, I'm sure that God allowed Samuel to cry. He's like, hey, your time of mourning, it's over now. Fill your horn up. And for those that don't know, the horn was used to anoint the new king. And so pretty much he was saying, in other words, he was like, Samuel, your time to stop, to, to, to stop crying is here. It's time to fill your briefcase up, and it's time to get back to work. And I feel like that is something that God is telling us today. How much longer will you wail and mourn about what you lost how much longer? You know that person you love? You know those group of people that you love? You know that season that you love so much? You know that job that you love so much? How much longer will you mourn for it? How much longer will we continue crying and be, well, man, I was just a terrible person in my, oh, I, I did this. Yes. Have you come to terms with it? Have you been in the pain? Yes. Well, now it's time to move on. You can't live in your feelings. It's, it's good to be in them for a, for a time that's appropriate. But then, like God said, how much longer will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him already? And God says the same, how much longer I have rejected that relationship already. I have rejected that season already. That season has gone bad. It's time for something new. It's time for something new. And when you come to terms with that, that's when you know where encouragement can come in on a daily and constant basis. And it's crazy because I don't know if you've ever had somebody... You've invested so much time in, so much money in, so much energy in. And then all of a sudden, they just turn on you, and it came to a waste. Am I the, anybody? Anybody have felt that, that way? That's exactly what happened to Samuel. Samuel saw this leader grow up since he was a little kid. Grow up, become a great leader, become a great leader Every day more and more, he saw him, he mentored him, he walked with him, he invested in him, he invested a whole bunch of things, and then he became horrible. So you could understand Samuel's crying, can you? You could understand it. He's not a robot. The Lord has called me again for something new. I must move forward. No, I'm sure Samuel was his, his little nice little tent, you know, maybe uh, made out of, you know, I don't know. Nike, uh, no, I'm just playing. But he was in his tent, and I'm sure he was crying for a season. I'm sure he was sad for a season. But then God came and told him, hey, green light, time to move forward. And I feel that's what God's telling some of you today. God is telling you it's time to move forward. Green light, I get it. Your past was horrible. I was there. I saw it. I probably was more in pain than you were. I was there. They took your childhood away. They, they took your teenage years away. They took your adulthood away. They took this away. I was there. You have cried enough. I do not want them to take your whole future away. It's time to move forward. It's time for your past to become a lesson and not a temptation. Are you with me? 
And I want to start closing today by telling you that going back to your past is just an illusion. Because you can't really go back to how things were. That's just an illusion. That's a, that's a myth. You can't go back to it. There's this verse in Ecclesiastes that it kind of goes straight to the point. And if we could put it on the screen, um, it says, control your temper for anger labels you a fool. Don't long for what? Ba-ba-boom. Oh, but, the, you know, the good old days. Oh, no. The way things were. Oh, if only. My dad once, he had a saying that, that if you are longing so much for your past, it says a lot about your, your present. And it's true. It's true. You're going back to the good old days. And, I, and, and it says after that, I, I, I think I forgot to send them that. But it says, this is not wise. It's not wise to want to go to the good old days. That's a myth. It's an illusion. It won't go back to how things were. Your past, when you follow God, it becomes a lesson. It's a terrible leader, your past, but it's a great teacher. And if I could open my heart, I've made many mistakes in my past. Things that I'm, I'm ashamed of. Things that I, I, I'm, I'm, I regret. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, my goodness. But I cannot stay there. There's a reason why God put your, your eyes in the front of your head and not in the back. Imagine if you had head, head in the back. <laughs> if you had your eyes in the back. If you want to live a life of encouragement, you must come to terms with the good old days. And you got to be like, you know what? They were good, but God's going to make gooder days. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I close today and I tell you, God says, look ahead of you because I am making something new. I am creating something new. I'm taking away friends to give you family. I'm taking away people that just lasted for, for a season, and I'm going to start giving you, showing you the people that are going to be there for a lifetime. One of my favorite artists is, uh, is Chance, and, um, and something he says was like, oh, my goodness, first time I heard it. He said, I don't want people to be at my wedding that won't be there for my marriage. And I think it's just the kind of mentality of we want people that are going to be like, hey, are you going to be with me? Are we going to ride together? Are we going to go forward? Are you the essential people in my life? Because that's all I have time for right now. You know what I mean? And so if you've lost people, if you've lost seasons, it's time to come to terms with it. It's time to listen to God and tell you, hey, no, keep, stay there. Keep crying. Keep crying because that was, that was terrible. That was a horrible loss. But for some of you, God's like, you've been in that crying room for way too long. It's time to get out. On behalf of our church, we want to thank you for listening to this week's message. RLA is a biblical grassroots church located in South Los Angeles. We are a community who is here to restore the hurting, anxious, and those discouraged by religion. We hope to have you back next week.